What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. Happy Monday, folks. I uh, started off my day today by burning my forearm with the iron. So that's how we're jump. That's how we're doing. That's how we're jumping into things. I a little backstory here. When I was in high school, throughout high school and college, I worked at this place called Bubba Coos Burritos, whatever. I think I've talked about it on here before. Very similar to Chipotle. And when I started, I would burn my forearm on the burrito press by accident. Like that shit kind of hurts. And I have like, I have a scar, like it's like pretty faint on my left hand. Um, but it's, it, it, it's been a minute since I've been a, a little clumsy and I burned myself on something like that. So today I was making my shirt orders and the iron got me. It, it got me good. I, I slipped up. Uh, I don't honestly don't even know what happened. I think I was like trying to talk to my mom while I was making it. And the next thing I know, I was like, ah, scorned. Dang. Got me good. So I'm battling through that right now. It's not, it's, it's not that bad. I'm being dramatic. Uh, but actually, I don't think I've shared this with you guys. I, I have gotten severely burned before. And if you've never had a serious burn, let me tell you that the pain is indescribable. It's un, it's unlike no other. It made me genuinely hurt for the fictional character. Um, I think it was Johnny, right? In The Outsiders, who gets like burned by the building and like his whole body's like a crisp. Like that was the first thing I thought of when I burned myself and was like, God, like there's people out here that are actual like burn victims. Like, like I, I burned myself, but I'm not like, I wasn't in like a burning fire. You know what I mean? Um, it is an indescribable pain. I'll tell you that much. It also happened at good old Bubba Coos, but it was my fault. Uh, kinda. I have very tiny hands. If you're looking on YouTube, you could see my hands are puny and the only gloves that we would ever have was like larger, extra large because nobody's hands besides mine could fit in the mediums. So like, we're not buying mediums cause you're the only one that wears them and you work here like once a week. So I was making taco shells as I do had the gloves on and the gloves were pretty slippery because of all the oil going back and forth. And I slipped up, I had a little loops, dropped the holder. Like there's like, you put the corn tortilla in and then in a holder and then you put it in the oil. I, it slipped, dropped it in the oil, oil splashed right up on me. Didn't burn through my pants. Like there was no hole in my pants. Burned my skin though, right at my, the top of my right thigh. I was like, oh my goodness, that stings. But I try to play it cool. You know, I have a high pain tolerance and I, I don't want to look like a little bitch. So my manager saw him and was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, no, dude, chilling. I'm just, just going to go to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom, thought that I was well prepared for situations like this wet a paper towel, pressed it on my leg, cooled it down for like a second. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Walked back out. I'm like, damn, this is still burning. Made about two or three trips back. After a good 10 minutes, I was like, wow, 
it actually still feels like my leg is on fire. Like it, it genuinely felt like my leg was on fire. Indescribable pain. I went to the bathroom and now my skin is like boiling and starting to peel and like gross things are happening. So I, I walked back out and I said, yeah, you know, I, I got to go. I, <laughs> I got to go. My manager was like, yeah, you, you got to go. Uh, went to the hospital. They gave me a bunch of stuff, whatever. Couldn't wear pants for about a month because of where it was. And it was so sensitive. And I had to wrap, like I had to have like dressing over it and like a lot of dressing. And jeans wouldn't fit over it. So I could wear like sweats. Um, But FYI, you are not supposed to put water on a burn. Or or I shouldn't say water, but something cold on a burn because it will boil on your skin. Didn't, Didn't know that, but now that like I've experienced it and it's been explained to me, it makes so much sense. I thought like... You know, when you burn your hand, your finger or something like you scorch yourself a little and your mom's like, oh, run it under cold water. You actually just really don't want to do that at all. So I thought that I was very prepared, but my skin ended up the water from the paper towel ended up boiling on my skin because the burn is still hot, which explains why it still felt like there was like a like a fire set to my leg. But I don't know how we got on that tangent. It, it kind of made my arm feel a little bit better, though, because nothing will be worse than that pain. Um, but, oh, my gosh. I'm So I'm very excited to talk to you guys this week. If you've been following on Instagram, I've been posting a lot because so much has been happening. And I kind of teased at it last week, too. Like, as far as TV and all that stuff, it was just a great, a great week for pop culture. And... I wanted to take a second and appreciate that every, everyone that's listening and follows this podcast because I was talking with a friend and I've had several conversations like this in the past month or so. Um, obviously, I am very into the gym. That's why you guys follow me. That's why you know who I am. It does take up, you know, I, I dedicate every time every day to it. I, it's my profession. I have a whole freaking, my identity is kind of based around it on social media. But, shocker, I actually have a personality and interests outside of the gym. And I feel like there are a lot of people that don't know how to talk about anything else but that. Like the gym or just are maybe unhealthily fixated on their health that they don't get to do other things and like enjoy life. But that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. And I'm assuming you're the same way if you're listening to it. As you guys know... Every week, I dedicate the, a big portion of this podcast to educating you guys on something health and fitness related, but I also have so many other interests and things that I'm passionate about that I want to talk about, so very, very grateful for that, and just, oh my God, hold on. First of all, holy crap, I just, okay, I've been really busy this morning. I've been banging out t-shirt orders basically the whole morning, so I haven't really had a second to stop and think. I worked out back yesterday with my friend TJ, the one that killed me doing legs the other day. Um, and we fixed a lot of, I'll, I'll talk about it more in my highlights. Um, but needless to say, he kicked my ass again and my lats hurt so bad right now. I just went to go stretch when I was in the middle of a sentence here 
and was like, holy crap, I, my back hurts and my back never gets sore. So I'm hype about that. Nice. Good for me. Good for me. Anyway, sorry, random thought, but that's what we're here for. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I have a personality outside the gym. Love it. I'm sure you do too. (sighs) But that's why I'm very excited to come on here and talk to you guys today. I am going to be doing a Outer Banks Part 1 recap. That's going to be a whole section today. I've been very excited for Outer Banks to come back. I am sure you are too. And if you're not, then you probably just haven't watched Outer Banks and you should go do that. I'm not done. I've gotten like four episodes in, I think. So I'm going to debrief, tell my thoughts, what I'm thinking of it so far. And that's going to be that. Um, And then the main section of this week's podcast, I'm going to be talking a lot about cutting and mistakes that you might be making. And that's why you're not seeing results, because I think that that's the number one question I get. And people are like, no, I swear I'm doing everything. I'm doing this. I'm doing that right. But we're going to we're going to dive into that. But before we do, there's an elephant in the room that I must address. You guys know that I'm going to L.A in two weeks. Very excited. Very excited to be out of Jersey. Need, need the sun. I extended my trip. Going to meet up with a lot of friends. And I get a text yesterday from my dear friend, Steven. And it's a Twitter link to a variety article. Jonas Brothers will be doing a five-day residency in New York at one of the Broadway theaters in March. Each of the nights is going to be dedicated to a different album while playing stuff from the album. I go, no way. Oh, no way. This is fantastic news. This is fantastic. They've been doing residencies in Vegas, and I'm quite, I'm quite far from Vegas. So I'm like, woohoo. Yippee! I go and click the link. Yeah, they're, of course, they're coming when I'll be in LA. I, th- I actually screamed. I think a single tear shed out of my eyeballs. And I said to myself, you know, that doesn't that just make sense? Doesn't it make sense? But then again, with the way that my Broadway experience has been going, God, I would go to see their concert and and like Nick Jonas would get COVID or something like that and it would just ruin the whole thing. So you know what? Maybe it's for the best that I won't be here, but I'm really not looking forward to seeing the people I have on social media from like home and stuff that go to the concert because I'm going to be absolutely gutted with envy. Like, like hearing that they were doing a five-day residency in my home area and that I was going to be on the opposite end of the country is the, is the definition feeling of gutted. Just, just gutted. Just, just sick. I am just sick about it. But whatever. LA will be fun. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it fun because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be worth me missing the Jonas Brothers for. Which, speaking of, new song came out. Got to give you my thoughts. Uh, first of all, Sophie Turner posted about it. Love, love that. Makes me, every time she posts about like Joe or the Jonas Brothers, I like scream a little bit on the inside. And then I'm like, Liz, how many times are we going to do this? She is his wife. She does this quite often. They quite frankly live in together and share two children together. 
you don't need to freak out internally every time Sophie Turner posts about the Jonas Brothers, but I do. Um, anyway, their new song, Wings, came out. It's the first song off of the album. And here's my thoughts. So it's it's good, but it's short. It is just shy of two minutes where I'm kind of like, like, what was the point? You know, like it almost seems like it should have been like interlude, like titled like interlude wings or something like that, because it's just so short. Like it's basically a chorus and that's it. Like there's really not much else to it. Kind of pointless song, but it's great. Great little tune. Joe Jonas getting a little rowdy with the vocals Normally, I don't love that from him, but it worked. It worked very nice. A little funky, like, like funky in, like, an actual, like, funk way. Not in, like, a weird way, but, like, 70s funk wave. That was the vibe that I was getting from that. But hopefully the rest of their album isn't just two-minute songs because I'll be <laughs> pretty disappointed from that. But... No, we're, 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 we're off to a good start. Um, I have not watched Grey's Anatomy yet. I need to. It's just my mom had the Rutgers basketball game on downstairs, the only TV that we have cable, so I couldn't watch it live. And then yesterday I was working and then went right from work to get my nails done and then went to get my nails done to go to the gym and then I went to the city and I'm just I'm making excuses here. But tonight I will watch Grey's Anatomy and I probably won't have too much commentary on it. Um... What else did I want to bring up? Let's talk about, oh, duh, The Last of Us. I apologize because I didn't talk about The Last of Us last week and I got a few DMs that were like, girl, where, where, was your, where, where were your thoughts? You didn't share with us, we were waiting for it. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't mean to. Um, episode... What are we on? Are we on six? Was last week six? Yeah, last week was six. Episode five, I can't believe I forgot to talk about this. Tears. Tears down my face. That one just cut me to my core, the ending specifically. First of all, Kathleen, waste of a, waste of a character. That, not really like a weight, like, listen, Brandon Stark, waste of a character. She just... Like, I wish we saw a little bit more of how she got in charge because she was so meek and defenseless and her defenseless and her voice sounded like a literal like five year old like Girl Scout Daisy. Like it was her voice was quite annoying. Like, I'm very happy that she has uh, passed away. She got blown up or something. Um but it just didn't make sense to me why all these people were listening to her. Whereas if I were in that position, I'd probably smack her face because her voice is so goddamn annoying. Um, but episode five had the action that I was waiting for. You know, we've seen a lot of going head to head with other people and being held at gunpoint and stuff. But there's not zombies every single episode. So this like that was the episode that I needed. That was the action that I needed. It was going, we were going a little too long without seeing it. They erupted from the ground. Like, 
like all hell broke loose and all of these underground infected just started pouring up the girl, the infected girl that was in the car with Ellie was freaky. She, the way that they're like creds to the actors who are playing these infected. I joked about it a few weeks ago and was like, Oh, I could do it myself. I probably could because that honestly, it does look like me when I try to dance. So, so horrible. Um, but the way that their bodies move and twitch is highly disturbing in a phenomenal way, like in, in a great way. So the infected that it was in the car with Ellie, that was pretty creepy. And then we saw that, gosh, I don't, I, I don't even know what it was called. I, my friend told me, but I forget. I think I missed it because I was too much like, what the hell is going on? That big whatever the heck it was, like, like Hulk infected, like literally like the Hulk came out of the ground. Apparently that's a stage. I forget what he said. I think he said like stage four infected. I'm a little confused. Like I, I would like to rewind. Like I need another science, like rewind. You know how they had the one in like the Philippines or wherever. Um, I need another episode like that. I wanted I want more detail on how infected become clickers and then how the clickers become that giant Hulk looking like creature. Because if I'm not mistaken, they said at some point, like the infected will die from the disease. Like they, it like at, it's terminal. And at some point, like it will kill them. Um, it's just like, when, and do they, like, does it strengthen them to bite other people? Because I thought that they were just biting them because it was like a rabies type thing, you know? So I want a little bit, and then I haven't played the video game, so I might be able to get it from the video game, you know? But I want a little bit more sciencey information on, like, how do you become infected to clicker? I think, personally, I think it would be a really cool episode to follow an infected around. Like I would like to see random girl or random kids since they love to do absolutely gutting things to the children in this show. I would like to see somebody get bit and see their transformation. Like I want to see them turn into the infected and then turn into a clicker. I want to see it. I want to see the in-between stages, you know, when your head is still kind of human, but there's stuff growing out of it. I think that that would be pretty cool. It would divert from the storyline, obviously. Um, I don't know. Maybe they cross paths with Joel and Ellie. They're, maybe I should be writing this show. Isn't that a good idea? We follow someone who's infected, and then they like we follow them into their transformation and illness, and they become a clicker, and then it crosses paths with Joel and Ellie. You know? Let's keep that in mind. Wow, I'm smart. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway... The ending of that episode really cut me to my core. I, when Sarah died, I, in, the, in the first half of the first episode, I wanted to shed a tear. However, I was not in solitary. I was with other people and was like, dude, pull it, <laughs> pull it together. You like don't know these people that well. You're not going to shed a tear right now. But Sarah dying was... Just god awful, just god awful. But 
this poor, innocent child, Sam, deaf, literally, like, they put the paint on his forehead because he just wanted to be a superhero, like, so innocent and so, like, fresh and new to life still. Seeing him become the infected, like, when he pulled up his ankle or his wrist or wherever it was, I was like, frick, no. Like, of course they weren't all going to make it out without somebody getting bitten. Like, of course. But then when Ellie put the blood on him, I was like, yo, maybe this will be a big turning point. And then when he lunged at her, I was like, at first I thought he was joking, like trying to scare her. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is real. And then the gunshot and seeing him go limp killed me. I audibly gasped. And then when they when they buried him, both of them, and put the little whiteboard thing that he was using on top of it, just absolutely destroyed my soul. And it also, I think, was a really good, like, we, it was a good reminder that, like, hey, Ellie is a child. Like, she is a child. She could stand her own. But she is a kid and she needs protection and she shouldn't be living a life like this. It sucks. So I shed some tears. Um, episode six, I was shocked. I was, I was shocked that they had finally found Tommy. I was disappointed um, in the way that Joel was disappointed, you know, that it's like they people died and they literally crossed the country and, and risked their lives several times. For, for Joel to make sure that his brother was okay. And his brother was kind of like, oh, I had like no plans of contacting you ever again. Um, so that was a little upsetting. And then of course the ending shook me to my core. I just, listen, Pedro Pascal is the leading actor in the show. show. Joel is the main character. There's no way that he's dead. I just don't see how they save him. Right now it's like giving a lot of Jon Snow but this isn't a mythological series with witches and fairies and spells. So, yeah, there's no coming back. There's no coming back once you're dead. So we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. I think we have to wait another week because next week's a flashback. But it doesn't really look – it doesn't look good for Joel. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's jump into this week's episode. Like I said, we're going to be talking a lot about cutting – so that's going to be the very educational piece. Going to do an Outer Banks recap since there's no interview this week and answer some questions for y'all. So let's, let's dive on into things. Let's jump into this week's highlights. I am very excited to share both with you. So I kind of hinted at my fitness, health and fitness related highlight earlier. Uh, I'm giving this one to my back workout from yesterday because you guys literally saw me in the moment just feel like how sore and tight I am in my lats. Like I can't even describe it. Having your back be sore is such a funky feeling. Like it's just such a funky feeling because it's not like my arms get sore, uh, my chest gets sore, but my back like rarely gets sore. Not never, but rarely. But like I said, I did a back workout with my friend yesterday and I've been loving it because obviously, you know, I know what I'm doing in the gym, but I, I could always be learning more and I'm so open to that. So 
there were just little, little tweaks that we made to exercises that I've already been doing that made a huge difference. And I can feel it so like, I, I really can feel it today. And I'll give you guys a few examples because I think you, you guys can learn from this. So I, one of my staples, you guys have seen me share this a million times, is they, the seated lat row on the cable. You know, you could use either like a seated row machine or for me, I can move the benches around. So I like to move the bench up to the cable and do it that way. And you're, you know, you just grab the cable um, in like a parallel grip, a neutral grip and row it into your side. Targets the lats. There was a little key, a little key that I was missing. The actual movement, got it down. You know, it's just, you row in, you want to make sure that your elbow's nice and low and it's more towards your pelvis and not that high up. Cause naturally you're going to, your elbow's going to want to come a little high up. What I wasn't doing, which we fixed yesterday, definitely made a huge difference was making sure that my lat was engaged before going into the row and then keeping the pressure and squeezing through it the entire time. So if you don't know where your lats are, I can't like, well, this is a podcast, so I can't really show you, but look it up, I guess. Um, but what I did was we'd start, I'd grab the handle. I'm doing a little demo on YouTube because I, I talk with my hands. That's how I do things. So I grab the handle and then you keep your chest forward, but I just pulled my shoulder back not my whole, like I wasn't rotating back. I kept my, my chest forward, pulled the shoulder back so I could squeeze through my lat. Like you should feel your lat clench up and then just pull that way and keep squeezing through it the entire time you're going back and forward. You should feel like you should feel a pinch in your lat before you go into the row. And that will make a ginormous difference. I am hundred percent suffering the, suffering the consequences, but it was phenomenal today. So that's a little tip for you guys. Um, maybe I, I'll try and see if I could get a little video. It might be hard. Look it up for now. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, but if you're on YouTube, I'm going to do it one more time. My arms out, my chest is forward, but I pull my shoulder back before, and I'm squeezing through my back, squeezing through my lats. So that's my little educational fitness form tip for you guys today. Seriously, try it out. If you're not 100% sure, just shoot me a message. I can walk you through it as best as I can. Um, but change is the game. I wasn't fully engaging my lap before doing the row, which is silly because I'm trying to target my lats. But we're always growing and we're always learning. And I think you need to be honest with yourself. Like there's times where people come up to me and they're like, oh, can I give you a tip, but I'm just like, no, like I know what I'm doing and I don't want like your advice. And then there's some people where I'm like, yeah, I could stand to learn a few things or like, I know that I might not be doing this optimally. We got to be open to change or not change, but open to learning more and vulnerability and accepting the fact that we don't know everything. We don't, we can always be learning. Even the people teaching me can always be learning. Uh, but that's my health and fitness related highlight. My non-health and fitness related highlight, guys, I had the best, I, I had the best drink of my life the other day. This isn't a drink that I would have 
all the time. It's not a drink you're going to get if you're at the bar and stuff like that. But I went to go visit my friends in the city on Friday night and we went to a chocolate wine bar. First of all, great spot for a date. You want to take someone on a date? Take them to this place. It was called, let me pull it up because I still have it on my Snapchat. Let's see. Where am I going here? Isa? I don't know how you pronounce it. It's A-Y-Z-A. Definitely didn't pronounce that right. Uh, really cute sp- space for a date. Just saying. But they have not espresso martinis, but chocolate martinis. And you can get like the espresso flavor. I got peppermint. And holy crap, came with shaved chocolate on the side. Every chocolate martini comes with a little truffle too. Tasted like ice cream. Couldn't tell that it was a martini at all. And then we also got fondue. Just, just, just top quality chocolate. I kind of, I'm not regretful of the the drink I got. I definitely loved it. But if I, if we were staying for longer, like we, we got there pretty late, like 1115, they close at 12. If we got another round, I think I would have went with like a champagne or Prosecco. That with the fondue, pretty good. And they have a whole section of the menu too. That's like wine and chocolate pairings like what wine would pair with what chocolate. And I just thought that it was one, a really cool spot and two, just so refreshing to kind of do something and go somewhere that wasn't just like another bar, you know, trust I, I have fun at the bars and I love it, but it was nice to do something else, you know, and like not go out to like, like not drinking a tequila soda again, you know, just sitting down, had one drink, like, and it was quality. So if you're in the, New York area, or you ever visit Manhattan, you guys need to check out this place. It was, it was just really cool and honestly kind of sophisticated, kind of sophisticated, I will say. But those are, those are my highlights for the week. Uh, and I guess while I'm at it, since we're going to jump into cutting and talking about cutting now, um, I think that it, this is just a great opportunity to remind you guys, like, hey, I, I work my butt off. Five, five, six days a week. You know, I'm eating clean. I'm working my butt off in the gym so I can do things like go out and go to a wine and chocolate bar and not feel horrible about it today. So just keep that in mind. You know, I've talked about it before in the 80-20 rule and alcohol and stuff that finding your balance is so important. But I'm very thankful that I've found a balance that works for me where I could feel good in my body. And now it's the next day. Like I went last night and I'm going to go to the gym after I record this later and I'm not eating out today. I'm just staying in, not doing anything. But I went out last night and had a phenomenal meal, a phenomenal drink and some great fondue on the side. Guilt, guilt free. Oh, we'd start with the nitty gritty before we get into the fun part, which in my opinion is the Outer Banks recap. But let's talk about cutting really quickly here. I I think the number one complaint I get from clients and that I've gotten over the years is, I'm doing everything right. Why am I not losing fat? And the simple answer, the blunt answer that I give is, well, because you're not doing everything right. Simply put. And you know, I think that ties back into what I was saying a few minutes ago where we're, we need to be comfortable with the idea that we are all learning and we are all growing and 
you might think you're doing everything right, but let's hear somebody else's perspective and let's really sit down and be honest with ourselves. And I think that that right there, I'm going to repeat that sentence, is the most important piece of information I could give you in, in everything, but especially in a cut. Be honest with yourself. I was one of those girls. I'm doing everything right. I'm eating healthy food. I'm eating in a caloric deficit. I'm doing cardio. I'm exercising, like blah, blah, blah. But until I actually got a food scale and actually sat myself down and said, you know what, Liz, we're going to go a day or a week and we're going to track every single thing you put in your body. And let's see, are you really eating in a caloric deficit? And the truth is that I wasn't. So that is the overarching umbrella, the biggest takeaway. Be honest with yourself. I had a client um, recently, like two weeks ago, we were, she was like, I'm so frustrated. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I said, okay, I want you to, to send me a picture of every single thing you put in your body. That means the oil that you use to grease your pan to cook your chicken um, the greens you take in the morning, the seasoning that you put on your food. I want everything. I want to know. So we sat down that day and we found like three mistakes. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't measuring out everything. So she was just going like, Oh, Trader Joe said that my sourdough bread slice is 85 grams. So that means every slice might, must be 85 grams. Not the case. The Some slices of bread are bigger than others, so they vary. Um, she wasn't counting the oil that she used to cook. And oil adds up. Oil's a fat, so it's X amount of calories right there. Also, the seasonings that you use. If it has calories, you got to count it. You know, salt, water, pepper, like sriracha, those are some zero calorie stuff that it's like, it's no big deal. But if you're using everything but the bagel seasoning, there's another five calories right there, you know? And listen, I don't think everybody has to get so nitty gritty and it's not great like to live exactly by that forever. But if you're frustrating and you're someone who's like, I don't understand why I can't achieve this goal, then I think that for like a week, it's the best practice to track every single thing you're putting in your body, every single thing. And that's the best way to be honest with yourself. And that's what I had to do with myself. And as I started to see change. So that was the hardest pill to swallow. It was like, all right, like, cause you grabbed a pretzel, one tiny rolled gold pretzel because you were hungry. That counts. That counts, you know, and it, all those little things add up. So that's, Biggest takeaway that I could give you guys second is how much are you eating and is it an appropriate amount? You might think caloric deficit. I need to be in a caloric deficit. And you're eating a thousand calories when you should be eating like 1700 calories. Under eating will kill you. Like actually, I kind of said that to be dramatic and like just as like a bold statement. But now that it came out of my mouth, like under eating actually will kill you. Um, it is so unhealthy for your metabolism. So if you're not sure how much you should be eating, 
reach out to someone like me. I make macro plans for people, 15 bucks, so cheap. Find resources, you know, and try and figure out, go see a nutritionist or something, but figure out how much you should be eating because under eating will F up your metabolism. It'll F it right on up. And going in hand with that is, are you eating consistently? Like, is, is the amount you're eating every day consistent? Are you staying in a caloric deficit all the time? Or are you good Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday? You know, you just fall out and do whatever. That's another question right there. You know, it's, it can't be, I hit my calories some days or I hit my calories most days. You know, it's like, no, if you're not seeing the results, then you need to be doing it every day. You know, best practice is to hit that goal every day, not every, yeah, four times a week, yeah, five times a week. With that being said, though, I incorporate a refeed day into my cutting regimen. And I will do, I'm going to start cutting soon. So I will go, I'll do an episode that's more on like how I break down, like, like how I figure out how much I'm going to eat and what mine's going to look like. So hold your horses on that one. That episode's coming soon. But I incorporate a refeed day. And that is a quote unquote cheat day. I don't like to use the word cheat day because I think that cheat kind of like makes people think binge. And I'm not binging. I'm not going all out. I'm not eating like 3,000 calories in the day. I'm just eating back up at maintenance and the reason for doing this is, one, to continuously challenge my metabolism so I'm not stuck, like my body's not getting used to the deficit as easily. Two, I basically increase the carbs so it gives my, gives my body a day to replenish energy because we need carbs for energy. So that could be something that you're missing out on, maybe that or you're in a deficit for too long. I've heard girls come to me and say, I've been in a caloric deficit for three years. Why am I not losing weight? Because your body's not meant to be in a caloric deficit for three years, you know? I'm in a caloric deficit for maybe five months out of the year. And then you can go back up to maintenance and then you can cycle back down again. But your body's going to get adapt to the deficit. And that's when change will slow and eventually stop. With that being said, I know I'm kind of talking fast here, but I just have so many points that I want to get across to you guys. Um, you need to be adjusting how much you're eating to your weight as it changes throughout your cut. Same thing with the bulk, you know? It's like if I start my cut at 125 pounds, let's say, then I'm going to figure out my macros and all that stuff for me being 125 pounds. I'm drinking a smoothie. Sorry, guys. Um, my throat my throat gets a little parched. I'm talking, you know. Anyway, let's say three months go by and now I'm down to 120 pounds. I need to adjust my macros and my calories to make sure that I'm eating now for an 120-pound person, not 125 pounds. Does that make sense? As your weight changes, you need to be adjusting your macros. So that's something I do with my clients at the end of every month because I'm not really a proponent for stepping on the scale often. Just at the end of the month, I'm like, hey, weigh yourself. Give me the number, what we got to tweak, what we got to tweak. If we don't, then we don't, you know, but that's a really important thing to do. Um, so those are the big ones. So let's see what we covered so far. Being honest with yourself. 
being in an appropriate caloric deficit, not under eating, eating the same amounts consistently and building in that refeed day. Another thing that I do, diet breaks. I'll go a month of, of deficit and then I'll do a week diet break. Very similar to the refeed day. The diet break is just I go back up to maintenance. Again, it's not a free-for-all. I go back up to maintenance for a week and my body's able to restore, replenish, and then stay challenged. So that's another thing. I'll do four weeks diet, one week break. Four weeks diet, one week break, if that makes sense. And then last but not least, are you moving enough during the day and are you recovering and getting rest? If you're not getting enough sleep, enough good sleep, your body's going to suffer the consequences. Same thing if, uh, if you're not resting from the gym. You know, if you go seven days a week, you know, your body's going to get tired and it's not going to be able to rest and it's not going to be able to perform optimally if it's tired. You know, that, that makes sense to me without a very sciencey explanation. Second part of that is, are you moving enough and are you moving intently? You're going to the gym, but are you trying your all? How, how much do you think you're burning? You know, are you doing your cardio? You don't have to do it necessarily every day. It depends on the workout and stuff, but that's also an important factor. Are you moving throughout the day or do you just go to the gym and you have a sedentary, sedentary job? These are all things to take into account. And then how much we're moving paired with how much we weigh will determine what we should be intaking calorie wise throughout the day. So those are common mistakes that I see people make, but I really want to go back and emphasize the being honest with yourself. If you're frustrated and you feel like you've been doing the right stuff and you've been eating at the right amount, I really highly encourage you to keep a notebook be completely honest with yourself for at least five days and take a look. Did you eat the same amount every day? Did you eat the appropriate amount every day? And then same things like, how was your workout? Did you sleep well? Are you hydrated? Did you move enough? So I think that that's the main, main key. And when I see my clients struggling and the frustration normally comes from I like, like a fault in the nutrition. So being able to pair with someone like you could pair with me, I can make you macro plan. You can sign up for personal training with me. You could see a nutritionist, having someone guide you in that right direction. And then truly being honest with yourself and giving yourself time. This stuff takes time and you have to trust in whoever you're going to as a resource. I wholeheartedly believe that you will see change unless you have like a thyroid problem. That's a different story. If you're not seeing weight loss results, it's because something in there is wrong. And you may not think that you're doing anything wrong, but the fact of the matter is you are, otherwise you'd be working. And it's a hard pill to swallow. I had to swallow it myself, but hey, I'd rather, I'd rather put my ego aside, admit to the faults, dedicate myself to fixing it and feel comfortable and happy and healthy in my body.
been an in-service injustice to myself if I did not recap my thoughts on Outer Banks so far. So I'm going over episodes one through four if you have not watched on season three. Fast forward, skip this part. I don't want to spoil it for you. So I'm making it very clear now. That's what we're talking about in this segment. Um, I have been waiting a long time, a long time for this one. I said it last week. I put off watching Outer Banks for like two years because I was like, this is going to be so stupid and it's just going to be another like One Tree Hill type show. And it's not. I would like to I would like to say this though. I think a lot of people are like, Outer Banks is so unrealistic. And I think that that's kind of the point. You know, it's like listen, the whole thing, the whole show is based on a treasure hunt. You know, it's not supposed to be very realistic. And I think that that's the part that makes the show so good is like, it's just like a little fantasy world that they're living in. And if you let that go and think like, oh, okay, this isn't this isn't a a story about high schoolers going to school and teen drama and stuff like, no, it's like, a, it's, it's a treasure hunt. You know, it's like Peter Pan, all that kind of stuff. Um, Peter Pan. I don't know where that one just came from. Anyway, Chase Stokes as a person, he's okay looking. He's all right. He's not ugly. He's cute. Chase Stokes as John B rocks my freaking socks off. The second I saw John B come on that screen, I was like, there he is. Oh my, I don't know why Chase doesn't want to look like that all, all times of the year, just tan and bleached hair, the long hair, the bandana. I can't, I could sit here and actually talk a whole episode about how much I love John B, but I'm not going to do it. Not today. Um, his John B's behavior not loving it. Sarah's behavior, not loving it. There's a lot of things. L- listen, I think that the season is great so far. You know, episode one had my heart pumping. They took key. Wasn't sure where we were going to get her back. Is John B's, John B's dad's alive, but is John B going to find him? Like they're just, they're never evading trouble. Um, but I think that John B's dad coming back is actually a horrible thing. You know, it's like, in I wouldn't be saying this in episode one of the first season. It's like, you feel really bad. This guy's dad just like never came home and everyone presumes he's dead. Um, but his dad is a bit abusive. Like, like mentally kind of and very manipulative. Like he's using this card on John B. Like I've been gone, like... I've missed X amount of years of your life. Like we're finally reunited. So why don't you want to do this for me? Like it's you and me, bird. It's always been you and me. And John B's like kind of going with it. And I kind of get where he's coming from. Like this is his dad, his only parent. This guy raised him. He's been gone. Everyone thought he was dead. But who like, was your dad really always there for you? Because to me, what it sounds like is my dad didn't care enough about me and cared more about this hidden treasure in gold that he risked his life, risked my life, and then had to disappear on me. And who was, who was there for him when his dad disappeared on him? So I, 
I understand like why John B hasn't really come to his senses yet. I think he will. I think he will. It's just his dad is like, it's weird. Like his dad will like literally put him in harm's way and then like shoot people to save him because he doesn't want to lose his kid. And I think that John B starting, it's, it's starting to not add up with him and things aren't sitting right. With that being said, him and Sarah are like, okay, maybe not legally, but they're married. You know, like this isn't like boyfriend, girlfriend friend thing anymore that they decided to do. And she comes to stay with him because, you know, one, they're married too. She like her dad tried to kill her and isn't in the country anymore. Um, and John B's like being manipulated by his dad to lie to Sarah. But what pissed me off was Sarah going to Topper. The whole, I can't really blame Topper. I think that Topper's had some character development and he's not really so much of like a prick anymore. He's just a guy in love. But we we knew it. We knew what was going to happen when she went to the party, when she went to the lighthouse. Like obviously she was going to end up kissing Topper. And this is a reoccurring thing for her. Kissing John B when she's with Topper. Kissing Topper when she's with John B. And keep going back and forth and back and forth. And it doesn't matter if you think someone's, you know, hiding information from you or whatever. Like this is a very stressful time in John B's life. She needs to stop cheating on whoever she's with like it's actually disgusting and annoying and key kind of said it to her like she was she was like sarah what are you doing and sarah's like i don't know and it's kind of like get your shit together like i understand like john b might not be the perfect person right now but that's like kind of what marriage is you know it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies and people are going to get mad and people are going to get into fights that doesn't mean you can go and kiss your ex-boyfriend even if you're in high school not married. It's just not a thing you do. So I didn't like, I don't really like Sarah's behavior and I'm not really looking forward to that when John B finds out because you know he will. I love them together and I wish that they would just both stop sabotaging each other. Like they continue to sabotage each other and it's like, would you both just knock it off? Just knock it off. You're so pretty. He's so handsome. Like, let's just be on the earth as normal people right now. Also, what the hell is going on with JJ and Key? I feel bad for Pope. And I think that, oh my God, I'm blinking. Chloe, is that her name? Cleo. Chloe. Cleo is definitely crushing on Pope. We know where that's going to go. We all know where that's going to go. But Pope like had a moment with Kiara. And then Kiara kind of just, mm, no. And Kiara, like, well, John B kissed Kiara. That was, I think Kiara is like the person that everybody wants. And I thought that they were building a storyline with her and Pope, but I guess not. I guess it's like a JJ thing now. I just, I'm kind of ready for them to like plop her down though and like have her be with someone instead of like either be with someone or be with no one because now she's flirting with everyone. But when the show started off, it was kind of like, he's the only girl in the group. She's like the hot commodity. So either be the hot commodity everyone wants or just be with someone. You know what I mean? Those are my takes so far. The whole Limbry thing, I think that Limbry probably wasn't sick. I think her par- it was one of those like disgusting like scenarios where her parents told her she was sick and stuff because she's walking now. 
I can't unsee Mrs. Claus, though, because she was in the Santa Claus 3, and that's who she'll be forever for me. Um, But I'm excited to keep watching. I definitely think it's good. It is on par with the rest of the seasons. I think it's amazing what they've created, and it seems like they're all really good friends. The chemistry between John B. and Sarah Cameron is still there, which I was very nervous about. Also... Talk about the therapy I would need if I was Madeline Klein having to do scenes like that with my ex-boyfriend. I would, I would put me away, lock me up. I cert- I just couldn't, couldn't come back from that one. Um, but they do such a phenomenal job and they really deserve every award that they get for it because they're just, dude, they're great. I'm rooting for them and I am going to do a part two when I finish the season, but I can't wait to keep watching. I'm very, I'm very excited. Pogue, pogues for life. You feel? All right, guys. So that's actually it for this week's episode. I did not get any serious questions this week. They were all like, what do you look for in a guy? Like, are you single? And I'm not answering those frickety fracking questions. So if you have any questions, uh, leave them in the question box on my Instagram at confessions of a gym rep. And we'll, we'll try again next week. Next week will be a, a, a fresh new week with some good questions. This is actually the first week I haven't really had any questions. So sorry, guys. You know, I can't, can't control, can't control it. Um, but that's, that's it for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with a great interview. You're going to want to stay tuned for it. Please watch Outer Banks so I can continue talking to you about it. And if you can get Jonas Brothers tickets in New York, just know that I am extremely jealous of you. And reach out to me if you need help calculating your macros, personal training needs, whatever. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat. And have a happy and healthy last week of February. And I'll see you all in March.